Welcome to the Northside Podcast, created to help you discover real life. You can tune in each week on Facebook or Church Online to watch live, or you can listen throughout the week on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. Welcome to the Northside Podcast this week. Tonight, we are joined by two incredible educators here in our community. We're joined by Ms. Beverly Leonard. Hey there, uh, Beverly Leonard. I've been homeschooling for many, many years now. Too many to tell you because that will date me. Um, but I do have a lot of experience that I hope will help out. So I'm looking forward to sharing with y'all tonight. Awesome. And we're joined by Miss Asia. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to be here. So um, I work for Penn County Schools, but I would say my most important role here today is like as a virtual administrator. I've been doing that for several years. So I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, guys, if I'm sure you're already noticing, we are continuing the conversation that we started a couple of weeks ago when we had Miss Kim and Miss Anita on. Um, and we know that there are a lot of questions and a lot of concerns for parents right now um, about what we're going to do in this next school year. And we felt like coming back and, and kind of revisiting this conversation would be a really good thing because, um, you know, school is coming up in what? Two, two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. August 17th. I, I'm a dad and I got kids and I'm, that makes me nervous. <laughs> that makes me nervous. A couple of weeks. Uh, but there's, you know, there's a ton of parents right now who are just wondering, you know, even now with two weeks to go, you know, what what are we going to do? And if, even if they have decided what they're going to do, for a lot of them, this this will be a first, whether that's virtual through the school, virtual privately, or, or especially homeschooling. A lot of people, this is going to be a year of first for parents and for kids. And I'm hoping tonight that we're able to, um, you know, have the ability to answer some questions. Um, I don't have those answers, so I'm going to be passing those to you guys. Um, if anything, I have questions <laughs> that um, I'm sure that, you know, I'll bring up as well. Um, but just hoping to be a resource for parents tonight, um, an encouragement for parents tonight, and um, and hopefully be able to provide just a little bit of comfort heading into these last couple of weeks. So uh, I want to encourage you, if you're watching, if you have questions um, for either of these ladies, please comment. Um, we are watching the comment section. We are, um, we'll be passing those questions along. And um, so please bring them up. I also want to promo our Facebook group. Uh, after our podcast a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, we felt like the conversation needed to continue. And so we created a Facebook group called uh, Parent Resources for School Reopening. I want to encourage any parents who are out there who want a um, who want a way to just ask questions, get some answers? Um, that is a, an incredible resource to be able to go to. Right now, there's not a ton on there, but that's because we need you to join the group and start asking some questions. And um, and once that's there, then we've got uh, amazing teachers and other parents um, who are there and at the ready to um, to answer some of those questions. Now, before we get started, I just want to shout out a couple of people, and I'm going to start. With Ron Leonard just joined, Beverly's amazing husband, plays the piano on Sundays. Ron, it's good to see you, man. Thanks for tuning in. My wife just joined. Um, you know, she is obviously right where I am of where we're still in this moment of deciding what we're going to do uh, for the next school year. So uh, for everyone who's tuned in, thank you so much. Let's go ahead and jump in to some of these questions. So let's start with you, Ms. Beverly. I know you introduced yourself a moment ago, but maybe if you could talk about... Um, how long you've been uh, homeschooling, even possibly why you decided to go that route, and maybe give a little bit of insight into that. Oh, of course. 
Um, I was doing the math today, and sadly, it took a while to do the math, which is why I didn't want to say how many years. But I think, honestly, I'm approaching close to 20 at this point. Uh, we've homeschooled pretty much the whole time uh, since Holly was young and ready for school. And uh, I was an education background, music education. You don't have to have that kind of background to homeschool. I think a lot of people think they have to have a college degree. It does help, but you don't have to have one. It really is fine. I've tried to explain to a lot of people that who knows their kids better? Nobody. So, you know, you've got insight into your children that other people don't. So don't sell that short, you know. Um, I really felt called to homeschool. I've really prayed for a long time about what to do. Um, Through the years, we have three children, and they have all at different times asked us to put them in mainstream, you know, public school. And I've pretty much told them every time, until God tells me something different, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, We've prayed about it every year. As much as I love it, obviously, it, it does have its um, challenges and time constraints, honestly. I mean, it would be easier in some ways to not do that, you know what I mean? But I feel like it's a calling. Uh, I, d- I definitely want to shout out to the people who are trying to figure it out that God will definitely help you. Don't feel like whatever option you come up with is a bad one. If God's leading you that way, he's going to take care of all the details. Mm-hmm. So if you homeschool or you virtual school or you're going the, uh, a different way, private school, you're going to do what's best for your family and to, you know, be encouraged that God's going to lead you in that way. Um, I have really enjoyed uh, homeschooling because it has given me an opportunity to spend time with my kids where I wouldn't have had that. I work outside the home in the afternoons and uh, a lot of evenings as well. So if we didn't have that time together during the day, I wouldn't have seen them quite as much. So I've enjoyed having that aspect of our relationship developed. Um, I definitely think you have to make sure that you are, Talking this through with God and your family, um, like I said, my kids at different points have asked, and I basically just put it back on them and say, why don't you pray about it too? And when they've done that, they come up with the same answer. So I'm like, God's not a God of confusion. He's going to tell us the same stuff, you know. Um, but anyway, I definitely, my, my point of wanting to be a part of this is I want to be an encouragement to whoever is doing school in whatever way that they can do it. There are resources out here that will help. Uh, If you decide you want to do traditional, whatever that is, homeschooling, I have a lot of experience there. Definitely not call myself an expert, but I've been doing it a long time. So I have a lot of resources, which I know y'all are going to share later, and I'll be glad to share those as well. I think that what what you just said is so vitally important when you said, who knows your child better than you, you know? I think that is a source of encouragement for parents who might be feeling like I, I'm not up to the task of doing this. If this is the route we decide to go, I'm not up to this. And, um, you know, that's just such an encouraging thing. You know, you don't really think about it like that. But um, now can I ask a question about because sure. um, you mentioned this as we were talking before we went live. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's a parent I know f- for me, anyone who knows me well knows that I struggle with math like it is not I'm a musician I can count to four (laughs) I struggle with math and so let's say that I was I was homeschooling and it you know and my my spouse was was at work and I just feel inadequate to to the task of of teaching that one subject so is is that something where you and your husband really share the load in kind of teaching there or is it something where let's say there's a subject that you struggle with you would get some additional resources or you know how would you handle those situations yeah no that's a great question um I definitely have always been the person that I want the best person for the job. And I don't have a problem admitting it's not me if it isn't. Um, I was actually talking to Asia before we started that she has a great writing background. That's not my strong suit. Reading, 
all day long. Music, all day long. Writing, not so much. So I have definitely gotten resources outside of myself to help with that. Um, Actually, I'd love to give a shout out to Ron. Once we get to upper level math, algebra and beyond, he's been taking that because he is the math guy. I am definitely not the math person. Um, I'll give you another example. I have a music education degree, as I said. Uh, Our youngest daughter is taking violin lessons. I technically could teach her. I had to learn all the instruments. I'm not a violinist. So we have gone to a higher violin authority. So there's no shame in that. I, again, you know your kids, you know your own, I hate to say limitations, but strong suits. How's mm-hmm. that? So if you don't have a strong suit in that area, you can find someone. A lot of people will barter and trade. I've done that before. I had a friend that I did uh, upper level uh, British literature with some of her kids, and she did a class with Sean last year with her son in ancient civilizations. We just traded out. So, I mean, you can definitely find that where people are willing to tutor in a certain subject. I mean, there really are resources that can help you if it's an area you're not as strong in. Now, are those just kind of friends that you've um, gotten to know over the years, or are there resources or groups out there that, you know, that you would recommend parents look up, you know, uh, homeschool groups or other parents who, you know, would be open to that sort of thing? Yeah, most of my experience has been friends that I've gotten to know through other things, Uh, There are homeschool groups out there. Uh, Honestly, I'm not 100% sure what it's going to look like this year, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if somebody was interested, I could certainly try to find resources to offer that if they're looking for a co-op situation. Yeah, if anybody is looking for something like that, please let us know in the comments, Um, especially if you join the Facebook group. Um, That would be a great place to ask that question because then people who maybe uh, are a part of a group and want to invite you or something like that, we can kind of... um, kind of start to have that conversation going. Uh, well, Miss Asia, kind of walk us through a little bit more in detail about uh, what, you, what you do with Pender County and how you have really gotten to that point. Okay, so my background, I started as an English teacher, and I moved into support. And so with support, I'm working with all of the high schools um, and making sure that they're supported. And I run a virtual academy, and that's for alternative learning. And I run um, a virtual academy just that started last year. We piloted it last year. And so working with um, the virtual platforms has been really um, informative. I've been working with them for over five years now. Um, So making sure that students know how to use the programs, help supporting um, the schools and supporting parents. Um, So I make sure that I support everyone. Um, So I would say that's a large part of what I do because I I do a plethora of things in Fender County, but I just really want to focus on um, my virtual background and working um, as administrator and supporting students. So um, that's been a large part of what I've been doing. And I would say um, one thing that Beverly and I spent a lot of time talking about is just if you're not even able to, if you don't feel like you can, even though we know that you can do it, but you know, there are virtual programs out there that it still allows you to have that homeschool um, experience. Mm-hmm. And that takes that stress off of having to actually have the curriculum and everything else. And so I know with New Hanover County and with Pender County, that's going to be really good for parents that are maybe thinking about going homeschool um, permanently. You know, I mean, they're going to have those virtual options and they really can see if this is a good fit for them their family and how things are going to progress I think is a a good time because education is constantly evolving and changing Um, we're no longer just you know regular brick and mortar Um, uh, 
obviously, you know, teachers are very important. And um, with my program comes teachers. I'm attached to that as well. So um, with the virtual academy, they do have teachers that are aiding them and helping them and tutoring and resources available to them. So that is one of the differences is that you do have um, those additional resources. You have teachers that are helping you as well. Two weeks is a short amount of time for a parent who is, is still on the fence. And if they decide to start homeschooling, you know, that's a really great point because to get all of that together could seem like a very daunting task in two weeks and having something in the middle for that parent who might say, you know, I really would love to try this, but I don't know that I'm going to be ready in two weeks to make that call. Um, and so, well, let's, let's go ahead and back up just a little bit and let's, let's talk about kind of what's going on right now. Um, as, as many people who are watching know already that, um, New Hanover County has made the call to move from plan B to plan C. Um, some people might not know what that means. So Asia, could you walk us through what plan A, plan B, plan C is, and maybe the surrounding counties? Cause I'm sure we have people who, who are going to listen to this or who are watching this now who, you know, are in some of those surrounding counties on what they are doing and what that means. Okay. Well, plan B was, um, basically a hybrid model uh, where district had some leeways where they can decide if they were going to um, come back, whether that would be two days or if they were going to come back for um, a week at a time and then alternate out like two weeks where that's face-to-face instruction. And then the other time they would be doing remote learning um, instruction. Um, plan C is all virtual uh, learning uh, and I, most of the middle school, I know middle schools and high school for Pender and New Hanover County are going to be using um, virtual platforms. Elementary school is going to look a little bit different. Obviously, um, they need some different supports, and it's really hard to learn to read um, on a computer program. So um, they're handling that very differently. Um, so plan A was just like uh, coming back. And I don't know, like without looking at everything, exactly what everything else mm-hmm. was, yep. but like with that, that was the difference with B and C is that they would have that face to face. And the thought process with plan B was that you had face to face instruction to go over um, the direct instruction and go over the lesson. And then you would have that time afterwards that they could do like project based learning and things like that to follow up. And so that would be a rotation um, with plan C. Now they're going to be New Hanover County is going to be all online and with plan B Pender County is going to be still doing a rotation and they're doing the rotation that originally New Hanover County was doing where that is um, one week on and then two weeks off like in remote learning. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's any risk and it's okay if you just say I I don't know but do you think there's any risk with Pender County um, you know if they go to these face-to-face these classes and let's say somebody gets sick or something like that, are they, are there any precautions in place that you know of that will kind of help that not to just end up being all virtual anyway? Well, I know there's a lot of precautions. I know that um, my boss has been working very hard <laughs> round the clock, um, trying to make sure that um, nothing like, you know, I mean, we know that kids are going to get sick. We know that, you know, someone's, but all the right precautions are in place. Like I know that they've been working tirelessly um, trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, honestly, like I always tell them, I am not a nurse. And so outside of that, I know that <laughs> I know that the precautions are in place. I know that we've um, practiced those um, during our summer um you know, summer school and jumpstart that's going on and things like that. Um, All those things, you know, temperature checking at the door, you know, washing hands, sanitizing six feet apart. I know they're doing all the precautions, but, you know, outside of that, I really can't speak of. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I want to I want to uh, mention a couple things that we've seen here in the comments. Uh, number one, I want to say thank you to Miss Anita, who was on two weeks ago with us. Um, she's posted a uh, resource. She says it's a national site to find a local tutor for the course that you need at all grade levels. Um, and she's posted a link there in the comments. Um, so thank you, Miss Anita, for joining the conversation. And uh, and I also want to just say Tasha Tasha Long said teachers are also our heroes. I mean that is so true, and that um, that applies not to just teachers now. It also applies to a lot of these parents. Who, whether it's virtual or homeschool, you know, they're taking a much larger part in their child's education. And so um, they are absolutely heroes as well uh, for the work that they are doing. So, um, and then of course, my wife coming in, throwing me under the bus. That's fine. <laughs> she said, Can you tell we're still on the fence? He said it like four times already. You know, thanks. Thanks, honey. You know, just trying to help. Just trying to help. Um, so, Miss Beverly, um, let's start kind of at the beginning of homeschooling. Okay. Um, that we have a question written down. It makes me laugh when I read it, but this is what people are asking. How do we homeschool? It's yeah. a fair question. I mean, all joking <laughs> aside, uh, if you decide you want to homeschool, all you need to do to start is to go to the website of the Department of Non-Public Education. It is a very easy process. Like, I am not, I'm glad we have our virtual master over here. That is not my forte, mm-hmm. but I can handle this, so I'm sure you guys can. You basically go on that website, and there is um, a notice of intent to open a homeschool. You just click on that, and it walks you through the steps. Now, we had joked beforehand that you want to be careful. You do have to pick a name for your school, and if you decide you're going to homeschool long-term, you want to make sure you don't pick something, you know, cutesy Bayer Academy or something because your senior's not going to be digging that. But um, you do get to pick a school name. Uh, you put your yourself down as the administrator of your school, and then your teacher. You put the name. I mean, it, it very it really is very simple. And that yeah. shows up, you know, on their on their transcript. You know, right. when they apply for right. colleges, that that school name is there. And their and diploma. I mean, everything. Yeah. Um, so it really is that step in itself is very simple. I know after that you have all the fun, you know, things to figure out. What am I going to teach? What curriculum? All those different things. Um, I do have a resource if you're interested. Um, I know they're going to post this later, but I'll just say it now while I'm thinking about it. Um, there is a book that I really I look at every year, and I have sadly took a picture so I would get it right and not mess up telling you. Well, Ron took a picture. But anyway, um, it's Home Learning Year by Year uh, by Rebecca Roop, R-U-P-P. Um, again, that's going to be on the, the resources. So you'll be able to get that later. But it basically shows you what you need to know at each grade level. Now, I don't want you to be intimidated. It is kind of a big book, but it's a guideline. I mean, I have not done every single speck of everything in there, but I have tried to do as much as possible. I mean, that's really all you can do, especially with two weeks' notice, like you said. But at least it gives you a framework of a place to start mm-hmm. that you'll know. Um, and if you have a student who is going into high school and you're especially concerned about transcript and things like that, um, if you go on the um, – Department of Non-Public Education website, they do also have, you know, what you need for high school credits. So, like, I looked that up myself because our son is a rising freshman. So, I mean, I wanted to make sure nothing had changed since Holly, you know, because that's been a while. So, I just went back through to double-check, too, to make sure we're on track. So, there are resources out there to help you with that. And um, as far as curriculum, there, it's wide open. Uh, honestly, the, probably the two things that might seem a little scary is there are so many choices now that that can feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want it to. It really is very exciting. I mean, years ago when people were homeschooling, we, we w- didn't have that many options, and now we've got so many. But if that's scary and seems daunting, especially with short notice, 
Um, I compiled a list of some of my favorites, and that's on the resource list. Okay. Uh, it's definitely not exhaustive. Um, if I wrote all of them, Ron might realize how much I've spent over all the years, and I might be in trouble. So I only put some of them. Um, but anyway, there's a lot of them on there that are just really tried and true ones that I really like. That would be a good place to start if you're not really sure where to start. Now, um, it, with some of the some of the books, some of the like course material, mm-hmm. is it clear um, what age level? each thing is for or do you find that from that that book that first book that you mentioned and kind of pick other curriculum based off of what's in that list excellent question um see i I forget now that i've done this for so long i'm like it's just you just know i'm like no you don't i'm sorry um basically depending on um the different group that you use for example i love abeka history every one of the abeka materials has the grade level on it so if you know you have a sixth grader you can start there Now, if you look over it and you're like, my child already knows all this, it's okay. That's what's great about homeschooling is you can supplement and do a higher grade level. Or if you feel like, gosh, we're a little behind, I won't throw anybody personally under the bus. But let's just say, as a family, the Leonards don't spell well. Um, We definitely maybe review a little bit of our spelling. Um, See, I'm not throwing Holly under the bus. She's a tailor now. She's sitting right here. behind us and giving a face like i can't tell if it's like that's true but funny or like mom what are you doing like she's a tailor she can take it or leave it whichever way it's fine (laughs) but anyway um but i'm just saying we might review a little bit on spelling because i know that's not our strongest suit and that's okay but that's what's nice it really does give you guidelines in the different curricula of what grade level it is i think that the freedom that 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 allows can be really great for some parents, but can also be really scary for some other parents. And so, uh, because there's some parents that really like structure and kind of, uh, and I think there's a, there's a fear as well that, that creeps in. And it's, it's very understandable that, um, you know, what if I, what if we don't stay on track? You know, what if we, what if he graduates, she graduates and they're just, they're not ready, you know? Um, and so, you know, I think there is a, a valid question to ask that at the end of every year, is there any sort of kind of standardized test that they have to take that kind of keeps them on track? And, and if the answer is yes, are there resources available that you know as the teacher and as the parent what's going to be on there so you're leading to that point? Excellent questions. Um, we do, as homeschoolers, take an end-of-grade test just like the traditional school students do. Uh, We actually use a testing site called Bayside School Services. There are other ones around, but we just really like them. I've used them, and that's all my resource information also. Um, I've just found them to be very affordable. Uh, They are incredibly helpful, and they just, you send in the money and what you need, and you pick your test week, and they send you all the materials. You have a week to test. You follow their instructions. You send it back. They grade it. I mean, it really is, other than the actual taking of the test, very easy. Um, as far as uh, things to help you get ready, that's a lot of where the resource books that kind of tell you the different things they need to know, that's kind of a blanket way to do that. Uh, once we get the results back from the EOGs, just like a traditional school teacher would do, we look at that and go, wow, they're super strong in this area. Ooh, we need to work on that. And then you just work that into your curriculum for the next year to increase the things that maybe they need to bring up there grades I guess for lack of a better word they're you know learning they missed a little something and we need to catch up Mm -hmm. but again that's what's so great I had many a year 
where maybe this one little aspect, I mean, I've joked about it one year. We did a lot of creation science, which obviously as a Christian, I think is amazing. But that wasn't on the EOG, believe it or not. Believe it or so not. So I was like, okay, I got to make sure we cover everything, not just, you know, so that, that was on me. But um, so those kind of things as a teacher, once you get those results, you can step it up and make sure to cover the basis. So, I mean, I, I hope that answers the question that if you feel so. like you didn't do very well, you can make that and address that and bring them back up to whatever it is you missed. You know? mm-hmm. So this is a question for both of you. And um, Asia, I want to pass it to you first. Um, in talking about, um, you know, in hear- hearing the way that you're kind of structuring things, a lot of parents might ask, well, what does a typical day at home look like, whether that's virtual or that's homeschool? Because, I mean, you know, the sky's the limit. You can create your own schedule. Um, And so what should that look like that would lead to the most success for a student um, in being home? Okay, I would say depending on your age is what that's going to look like. I think one of the most important things is setting that schedule. And before the schedule, I would say environment. So when you're thinking about the environment, one way to really get your kids involved and them really happy, and this is also on the uh, document that I shared um, as well, is really creating an environment for the student and getting them involved and creating that space. So what better way than to have them help set up their new learning environment than to participate themselves? So that way it gets them really involved. So you're going to make sure that they have a dedicated space, that that, um, they're going to have everything that they need um, for that day. You're going to have a schedule. Now, depending on if they're younger or older, they still should have a schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what that looks like is going to really vary um, among them. So if you're talking about someone that's younger, I would definitely have a chart that's going to be displayed for them so that they can see visual is really important. Even when they're older, I come from the classroom and I taught high school students, they love seeing what was going to happen that day. So making sure, (laughs) hey, Ms. Winston, where's that schedule? So that schedule had to be on the board. So I think it's really important that you have that schedule posted for them. Make it fun. Be creative. Like this is an opportunity to engage with your child and let them know what's going on. And also um, a time for them to take some um, self-responsibility, getting all of that stuff mixed in together and it's just a really exciting time. So that day should have their schedule laid out, and it's going to take time, especially for your younger kids, to go through like that setup like day in, day out. It's a routine, and so it has to be repeated. It has to have those expectations, um, eliminating distractions. And one thing I was talking to Ms. Beverly about earlier is for some students, whether um, – just easily distracted or if they have a learning disability sometimes just having headphones will actually help them um, not be easily distracted help them focus Um, so I would say that typical day if you're talking about a younger student they're going to wake up like they normally would they would have their breakfast and then they're going to go into that learning space that the parent and them have created together Um, they're going to get started Um, but you want to make sure that they know when they're going to have their moving breaks because by nature, none of us are made to sit still, and especially kids. So they're going to need to have moving breaks. And so a kid cannot sit there for like two or three hours and like, oh, I've got to work. I've got to read this. So they really got to be able to have those moving breaks, and especially if a child, um, especially like my daughter has ADHD, and so sometimes she needs those moving breaks. And so you have to incorporate those as needed. Um, and so 
following their schedule based off what that is. I still say make sure that they have physical activity. Make sure that they're keeping it moving. Even with my high school students, I'm like, hey, guys, make sure you schedule yourself a lunch break. Make sure you have yourself some moving break. Go outside, get some fresh air. Um, During the remote learning time, my family and I, we would go outside and just take a walk around like the neighborhood um, during the middle of the day and then go back in and start working. That gives them some free time to, you know, get the energy out and just have some fresh air. And that's always helpful. Um, And then you want to go through the rest of your activities for the day. Um, I would say also it's really important to create a community for um, your students. And so even though they're going to be getting that outside time, I think it's really important that you connect like a virtual community. And you actually, this is a time that you can do this with some of your friends, like, you know, some of their friends, create a virtual community. So at some point during the day, maybe they're going to have a virtual scavenger hunt. Maybe they're going to do a virtual um, field trip and they're going to go visit the San Diego Zoo, which is a lot of fun. So I think that incorporating those kind of things into the day so that they don't feel like, oh, I'm just sitting here and I'm on this computer. Um, really helping them to engage in the day. For your older student, I would say um, they're probably going to know a little bit more about what they want to do. That schedule might change and flex with them. Some of them may be working. Some of them may not be. Um, but I always tell them, like, either a paper agenda or a Google calendar. Make sure that you're keeping track of everything. Make sure that you're following your syllabus. And, like, with your syllabus, there comes, like, a recommended pacing guide. So it recommends how many days something should take to finish. Doesn't mean that you can't work ahead of schedule, um, because you can. Or you can work right there on schedule. But it gives you that pace, the suggested pace that should happen. And I always tell parents, like, don't freak out if your kid works a little bit slower. Guess what? It's suggested. It's not, like, written in stone. So just, you know, have flexibility. One thing I would say as a parent, make sure that you're checking in with your kids, making sure that you're knowing what websites they're on, um, that you're being vigilant in that process um, because there's so many different things that they really can get into. So during that day, even though they're in their space, you want to make sure um, that you know what sites that they're on and making sure that they're keeping it honest, too, when they're doing their work and not just side Googling um, and actually doing the curriculum and going through the lessons Um, You want to check your emails daily um, with the teacher, just making sure that you're in constant communication. With most of the programs, they have a weekly progress report, um, but if you have concerns, definitely your teacher is always going to be like your first resource. Reach out to them, ask them questions if you need any help with anything. So I would say that would be your typical day. I would say no more, no less than four hours. Like with the virtual, we say a minimum of four. That's a minimum. That doesn't mean that you can't do more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to vary, like especially if you're a high school student and you're taking an AP class. Um, it might take you maybe an hour and a half to do that class. And, I mean, also I consider that if you have a student that's middle school and high school that's doing virtual learning, some of them may want to split the day. So maybe one day they want to do English and math and the next day they want to do science and history mm. or vice versa. So I think really just figuring it out the first um, couple of weeks, what really works is going to be key. Or are you going to do every subject every day? Does that really work for your family? And the key thing is that you do have flexibility with that long if you're staying up with the suggested um, pacing guide for it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so major takeaways there would be dedicated space. And, and, a, and a schedule is really important. Um, now, knowing that you are 
really speaking from the virtual side, and I know Miss Beverly, you are um, typically doing a lot more um, books and and things like that. Would you say that? And I think I've heard this said, and I just want to get your take on it. Would you say that also a dedicated device would be a good thing, oh, especially absolutely. for younger kids? So maybe the iPad that they play with or the computer that they play with. Maybe let's not use that one for our school and kind of differentiate between, you know, this is for play and this is for school. Is that something that you would recommend? Absolutely. And if you're getting it from the school, because um, I don't know, some schools have checkouts where you can actually check out a Chromebook. Um, so if you're doing that, then it's going to have the security guards. If it's your own computer, I would definitely recommend uh, putting some per, uh, parent controls up there um, so that your kids are not going to sites that they shouldn't be going to or things aren't popping up on their computer. I think that 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 is really important to know that, you know, because kids can easily hit something by mistake and end up on a site that they really shouldn't be on. So definitely make sure it's their dedicated device um, for working and then make sure that it does have um, the protection up there Mm -hmm. for them. And I just want to say, I, you know, I haven't answered a single question tonight because I don't have answers. But in that realm, I could actually offer something. And I am in the Facebook group, Parent Resources for School Reopening. Um, If there's any parents out there who have a question about how to set up um, things like that on your on your home network, you know, please reach out in the group and, um, you know, and I can get on there and try to try to help as best I can. I know we have a lot um, a lot of um, different things at our house that kind of help keep, because, uh, you know, for a lot of these parents, this might be, you might have a first grade, second grade, kindergarten even, and for a lot of them, other than playing games on an iPad, this is like their first, I mean, their first foray into having the internet in their hands, you know, and as we all know, the internet can be a dangerous place, you know, and so um, so I definitely think that is, that is huge. Uh, so walk us through, uh, Beverly, you know, the same thing, but from maybe the homeschool side, not necessarily, you know, virtual, what's the same? Is there anything different that you would do just knowing that you kind of have your own curriculum and not, you don't have teachers to check in with and things things like that? Um, I think what you said was wonderful, Asia. Uh, I definitely, for me, I am a a planner personality. So like I do plan out all the things we're going to do every day. I have friends who are, you know, less of a planner type and that works for them. That would not work for me. So I actually have a plan book just like teachers have in the, you know, traditional realm where I write out, you know, all the assignments, everything we're going to do, all that. Now, I have done something with my kids that I personally like. You can try it or not, but I'll throw it out there because it's worked for us. Is I basically, I like for them to have at least some feeling of control over the situation because, we don't have to be at a certain place at a certain time because we're, like you said, kind of doing our own thing. Um, so I just basically write out for them all our assignments that we're going to do for the day. And I just write it usually on like a little note card or a pretty little paper or whatever. And I basically, each child gets their assignments for the day. If they want to do math first, great. they want to practice their piano first, great. It kind of, and it's funny to see how they kind of, I'm throwing Haley under the bus, so sorry if you're watching this. But she almost always saves her least favorite thing for last. Every day, I'm like, don't you want to do it and just knock it out? No. I'm like, okay. Uh, Sean seems to do his least favorite thing first and get it out of the way. And see, that's how smart, I roll, too, guy. so I'm always smart like, guy. yes. But, um, but it's just interesting to see that. But they like having a little bit of, you know, I'm going to pick this and I'm going to pick that. And we're all goal-oriented, at least in my, at me. So they just mark off the things as they do it, and then they're like, I only have two things left, or whatever. You know, it's just kind of, a, I'm almost done kind of mindset. You know what I mean? I'm so. sorry. That, that was really funny to me. It's like, we're all, well, 
me, you know, it's like the, mo- the mom of the house. I mean, you know. Well, I'm kind of turning them into That's it indirectly. Right. That's, That's right. why I laughed and thought, well, I can't really say that. But they aren't it, now, but they're going to be. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But it definitely is interesting to see that they seem to like that. Now, I do have to tweak that around just a little bit because um, with multiple kids of different ages, and I know we're going to get to that in a second, we have to kind of coordinate everybody needs time with the teacher, and I have to work out whose turn it is, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of times that, you know, if somebody's reading their 30 minutes of reading, I'm working with somebody else on something else because it's constantly juggling time management kind of whatever. Um, it's definitely helpful if you can uh, get your kids to, even if they're having a hand in picking, get them kind of rotating around where each one of them is doing something while you're working with someone else. So like if Haley needs me for math, then I send Sean to do all the stuff he can do without me, basically. And so he'll go practice his piano and he'll go whatever. And I have found sometimes that maybe somebody has uh, done everything they can do and they're waiting on me to do their math lesson. I'm like, have you cleaned your room? I mean, it's okay. You throw those chores in there. You know, I'm gonna go clean your room really quick. See if you can do that before we're done or whatever. You know what I mean? And kind of spice it up a little bit. We're time managing, but we're also constantly keeping people, you know, occupied where they're not getting into trouble or whatever. Can I just say... That I am so glad that Holly is here for this podcast <laughs> because y'all can't see her on camera, but I am having so much fun as you talk about homeschooling and experiences and just watching her face between like what to like, oh yeah, yeah. And then like what she's cracking up about. I'm just, I love it so much. It's, I wish I could is. see her. Maybe I should turn around. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have had a camera pointed this way because I'm telling you it is, it is very entertaining. <laughs> Oh, this is okay. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, I, want, I want to get to a question that was asked, and then I do want to revert back to talking about the different age kids, because I think that is definitely a huge question. Uh, but Amy Shelton wrote in, and she has a fantastic question for, for you specifically, Asia. She said, what recommendations would you have for a child beginning kindergarten, and this being their first experience with school, and not only that, it'll, it'll be in a virtual environment? Um, so obviously a time when you're, when you're really working on, you know, um, writing and, you know, things like that. I mean, what recommendations would you have for, for that parent? Well, I think the key thing is being flexible and, um, even (laughs) I'm going to say this, I think that sometimes that we don't give each other grace and just really having grace. I think that has to start with that, like, and just with yourself and with your child and just really being able to make sure that, Hey, that. I know exactly what's going on, and this is okay for my kindergartner. So I would say that one of the key things for them is setting up that environment, getting the kids engaged, make this a fun process for them. Mm-hmm. Because this is like this experience, and I know that it's really frustrating as a parent that we're dealing with this. But at the same time, we want our kids to have a really good experience. So I would say get involved. Make sure that we have that space. Have the kid really get involved in making that space their own and get really excited and setting up all their books. Um, I know that with elementary students, that they will be spending some time with their teachers because they're going to be working on reading Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I would say um, kind of practice with your student too, like, you know, your kid about 
when they're engaged in the learning environment um, that they're going to be able to, um, you know, focus during that time because it, I don't know if it'll be all day, if it's just for a short period of time. I actually don't know what that's going to look like, but during that time that they're actually going to be able to see their teacher, they're going to be able to see um, their friends, and that's going to be a really exciting time for them mm-hmm. as well. So I say focus on the positive. Know that you've got this as a parent. Yes, they're, um, this is their first experience, but you can make this really hands-on, and it's a great time. I really love decorating really in the HGTV. It's really a great time that you can just take that space and make it into something really fun and um, have them put their artwork up and do different things like that. I know the scary part, though, is starting with um, the reading um, and things like that and going through that. But there are a lot of resources out there um, that can help. And I did um, list some for um, elementary school age as well on my resources that could help you um, work on those skills at home. Um, It'll be okay. It's really going to be okay. And right now, I think for New Hanover County, it's just the first nine weeks um, that they're starting off Mm -hmm. um, in that environment. And so just take it, you know, and and just kind of roll with it. I don't think there's a perfect answer for that Mm -hmm. because it is difficult because they're starting to read. Um, And I I would say that that is really hard to learn how to read um, from afar. Mm -hmm. So I I understand her concerns about that um, really well. But as a parent, she can work with um, her child one-on-one on on that together. And there are lots of resources out there that can help her. And just know that you can do it. I was going to say, I think it it would be perfectly fine for, for a parent to really take that time after the 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 instruction from the school is over to let's work one on one on our handwriting let's let's have a coloring book let's kind of work on reading these books because even even when you've got a kindergartner in school there there's a lot of at home reading that needs to be done because they're enforcing that in that first year so heavy so I think continuing to do that um, and you know and I just want to say a blanket statement that I've, I've been wanting to say here as we've been talking and that and that's I think as parents we really have to trust the fact that our teachers have what is best for our children at heart. Um, Even though this is a crazy year, even though um, teachers even now with two weeks out might not know exactly what this is going to look like or what that's going to look like. But the one thing we do know and that they know is that they're going to do everything they can because they always have Mm -hmm. to make sure that they are they are doing what is best for these kids and and so I encourage parents with those questions reach out to your teachers as well Absolutely. you know um, you know for maybe some extra material for extra um, writing assignments or stuff that you maybe feel like your child might be you know slowing down in a little bit or maybe not not quite there you know uh, I'm sure that they'll have those so um, Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into one of the biggest questions that people have been asking, uh, especially, you know, um, in last week's Facebook group, I mean, last week's um, podcast, and that is multiple kids of different ages in the same house. I think so many people are going to deal with that this year. And so um, from both of you, Ms. Beverly, we'll start with you. What tips do you have outside of what you've already said? Because, you know, you already gave some great stuff. What tips do you have for those parents who I know for us, just for example, you know, we have Jonathan who's going to be doing preschool um, probably some virtual and, and hopefully some in person, Benjamin going into the first grade. And then we have Jordan going into the eighth grade. So it's just like a huge spectrum. And so I'm sure that's a question my wife would have is how, how do I juggle this, you know, and how do I, how do I know as a parent when, where I need to be at what time? So. Okay. That, that it's a great question. A very fair question. I have literally dealt with this most of my homeschooling life because I've almost always, other than when Holly was little, have had multiple kids at one time. 
you know, trying to teach everybody at once. Um, a lot of it is just being good at managing your time. Uh, if you're not a good time manager, you can learn to do that. But if that's already a thing, you're going to find that that's very helpful. Um, I basically, like I was saying early, earlier, just basically constantly redirect everyone to a new activity while I'm helping the person that I need to help right then. You'll know because if everybody's working independently, you actually have two seconds and you can, you know, go throw your dishes in the dishwasher or whatever. You actually have two seconds. Seriously. But if, you know, somebody is struggling, make sure everybody else is good. Go work with them. Um, I almost always have, uh, we won't name names, someone come to jump in the middle of what we're doing. And so I'm constantly having to tell that person and redirect them. Uh, Worth is looking at Holly. It wasn't her. Uh, But anyway, um, basically, uh, it's constant redirection. I mean, it's very seldom that I'm just sitting still in one place ever. But I mean, that's also parenthood. So I mean, you're already equipped for this. You know what I mean? We're just focusing it to an educational vein. (laughs) So um, I'm constantly in my mind thinking, all right, I need to do this, this, and this with this person, and this, this, and this with this person. Well, let's see, if I can get them started on this, then I can go help them with this while they're working on that. So, I mean, I know that sounds very vague, but it's just constantly being one step ahead of what's happening to kind of figure out how to utilize your time the best. Um, And it really is okay. I'm going to tell you this just in case you didn't know. I learned this recently. I wish I had known this sooner. The world will not end if you don't finish everything that day. Mind blown. I know. But I really used to be so stressed out. If, you know, we didn't get one little thing done, the world was over. I'm a terrible parent. I'm a failure. You're really not, you know. Uh, my, one of my kids practiced their piano today. It was okay. The world didn't end that she didn't do it on Friday. Oh, I just threw her under the bus because now you know who it was. But that's what I'm saying. It was fine. You know what I mean? So it's okay. You will get it done. So it's going to be okay. And just learn that you're learning too. Like you said, the grace. We've got to give ourselves some grace. A lot of times can give the kids a little more grace than I give me. And we deserve it too. You know what I mean? We're doing our best, especially for you guys out there that are going to be working full-time jobs outside the home and trying to do school. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. But you can do it. I mean, just like we've been saying. But don't be afraid to get, ask for help. And don't be afraid to give yourself a little grace if you didn't quite get it all done today. Tomorrow is a new day. I think that's super important. You know, uh, we parents are not alone. Right. There is an entire um, entire group of parents and, and teachers in our community and in our church that are more than willing, just like you guys coming here tonight, are more than willing to um, really kind of stand in the gap and kind of yeah. help um, and encourage and, and offer some advice and instruction. Uh, Asia, uh, same question, um, you know, from a, from a virtual standpoint and just from kind of your opinion and insight about handling different kids of different ages at the same time in the same house. Well, I would say I don't have really any experience with the, the younger age, all mine are like middle school or high school, but I would definitely say that um, since they're on a virtual platform, they're going to have their curriculum in front of them. And one of the things that it allows them to do is to go back and to replace So whether they're listening to their teacher um, that's giving them the lesson at that time, or if they're doing vocabulary. So they have things to do. I would say that they each have their separate space because um, kids working in the same space um, doesn't necessarily work. And that was one thing, um, even with Alexander and Kristen, they both had their separate working spaces and that worked best for them. So they didn't extract each, each other and they were able just to, to work independently. Um, so that does mean that you're going to be spread out during that time. But if you're talking about an older child, um, that's okay because then they know 
hey, I can come and ask for help if I need help. Um, so they're able to engage. If it's your younger child, of course, you want to be, um, especially like if you have someone that's starting kindergarten or uh, first grade, you're going to be, want to be more hands-on um, with them. And so that is that balance, especially if you have, um, like my kids are only one year and nine days apart. So if they're anything like that and they're back-to-back, um, mm-hmm. that definitely um, presents its challenges. But I think it's just like what Ms. Beverly said, um, what, you get the one taken care of and then you go and help the other one. And remember, the give yourself grace you know it's not a perfect science and it's okay that it's not um and you'll get to them when you can get to them and they can work on something else independently until you're able to get to them from whatever the other thing was that you were doing so it's a a balancing act and i think that goes both ways whether it's homeschooling or whether it's virtual school now with um Knowing, knowing that school starts in two weeks um, and parents who maybe want to homeschool right now, there are, you know, you, you've talked about that you, you really, you know, people say, well, Beverly, what community, what um, um, <laughs> curriculum do you use? And you're like, well, I use the Beverly Leonard curriculum, you know, and I, you know, I piece it together with what I, um, you know, but there's not a lot of time to do that. And right. so there, there's uh, definitely resources out there, curriculums out there. Mm-hmm. There's uh, schools and and academies and things of that nature, both virtual and not, that parents can sign up to be a part of. Do you guys know, in kind of light of this question, are there any, um, you know, academies or curriculums or anything like that where they have resources kind of across the board where you're kind of doing the same thing across the different ages, but you're doing it on different levels? Is there anything that you guys know of like that um, or any curriculum that you know of anyway that would kind of, you know, be a resource in these, these different age groups? I've never really utilized something like that because not, not to be whatever, kind of like what you said, everybody having their own space. If we're all together, at least the way we are, we don't get a lot accomplished because we're all distracting each other. So a lot of times, even if we have the same uh, material in common, mm-hmm. I don't always do it at the same time. I try to do one-on-one just because the attention's better. Yeah. I know there are things out there. I've just never personally used any of them, so... I don't know if you have. Well, I think it's different with um, the virtual platforms because they have um, some of the built-in helps there. Um, so, like with Edmentum Ed Options that we're using in Pender County, it has on-demand tutoring from um, nine to six p.m. Eastern time. So you actually can go in a Zoom room and you actually can get help. Um, that's one of the that's features really cool. that I um, nice. tell the parents about the kids that are going into the virtual academy with. Um, you know, I'm the administrator for. You can get that on-demand help so you don't have to wait for your teacher. Um, of course, they can schedule that appointment with their teacher. Um, but if you just, like, have a quick question and you need to get through this math problem, then, of course, you can utilize that on-demand help. Now, there are resources out there as far as, like, Khan Academy, if you're looking for things like that, um, that can help you um, with different things as well. Um but I think that just, I mean, Khan Academy is good for many things, uh, and I've used Khan Academy, and I, and I really like it. So um, there are lots of resources out there, um, and I would say just because of how school has changed so much, I always go back to, like, those teachers because your teachers are always going to be, like, that good resource for you uh, because I, I know with even my kids, like, I try to show them how to do something. We don't do it that way. <laughs> and so you want to make sure that you're not telling your kids to do something um, differently. So, like, if you're using a resource, something like Khan Academy, then at least that they can see that this is the way that is to be done, rather, or if they're utilizing their teacher, waiting, you know, contacting them for help, then that, that's a great way as well um, 
to get help or go into an on-demand. So just depending on what program it is, they have different resources available. And I know that all, like Pender and New Hanover County are using um, very similar uh, platforms, only one of them is different. And so with each one of those comes like some resources for students. And like I said, you have your teachers as your resources too. And like a lot of the teachers at the school have actually videotaped um, like their own videos. So like they can tutor them as well. Like if they need to review a lesson, I know a lot of the math, math teachers have done that and that's been really helpful. And they've posted that. What if you are not a natural teacher? Um, what can a parent do who doesn't feel confident in, in teaching at all? Um, does the curriculum guide them? Uh, do they need something more? And I think we can talk about that from a virtual standpoint and, um, through, through the school and the, you know, what the parent's role is going to be in that. Um, and then also, of course, from a homeschool standpoint, which I think the role would obviously be a lot greater. So, um, you know, what would you say to that parent who would come in and say that to you? Well, I would say from a virtual standpoint, obviously the curriculum is guiding. Um, there's videos. Um, there are lessons that are all built into the platform that they're going to be using. Um, as a parent, I would say one of the key and most important things is making sure that you're checking in. Um, a lot of the platforms themselves actually have like a parent dashboard, um, depending on which platform that you're on. So you can actually log in and see how your student is doing. Um, like with Ed Options Academy, we actually have attendance where it lets you know exactly how long your student was logged into um, calculus or if they were logged into English. It tells you how long they're in there, um, if they were in there and just, you know, reading, doing instruction, or if they were actually um, doing activities or taking quizzes. So the technology is pretty advanced, and so there's really not as much for the parent to do, but the parent has to be the support, and I think it's really important to be support, and it's really a great time, especially for middle school and high schoolers um, to really, and even elementary school, it's never too um, young to start building that responsibility. Um, so that's, you know, one of your key social and emotional components is building res responsibility um, and that self-care into that process, but as parents, we still want to be active in that process, that we're communicating with the teachers, that we're um, communicating, making sure if you don't get a progress report every week, if you're not getting updated, that you're reaching out and making sure that you're checking in with your kid. It, I always say, like, what did you learn today? Well, tell me something interesting. You know, what was something? Just get involved with your kids and make sure that their takeaways, because, yeah, they might have completed the lesson, but did they actually take anything away from it? Were they just going through the motions so I can get this done and I can be free now? Because that is going to become the temptation um, for your kids as they go through this process that now I just want to be done. I've got my time in. Let me go. <laughs> so you want to make sure that they're actually taking something away from the curriculum. This is um, going to build off everything. Everything builds off of one thing, you know, it's just like math. You can't do um, division if you don't know how to multiply, you know, you have to add. And so everything is a building block. So I think it's really important for parents to stay checked in. And I think being virtual or um, doing homeschool, this is going to be a great opportunity for families to really connect and reconnect and stay connect um, through this process and really being hands on because, if you're not checking in, if you're not making sure, especially with those older students that they're getting that work done, they might not be doing that work. They <laughs> might be telling you that they're, oh, I was logged in. He was logged in, but he was just sitting there, you know, he didn't complete anything. So there's a difference between being logged in for attendance and actually doing something. And so I think that holding them accountable, accountability is going to be key um, for your kids, that there is some form of accountability. And being flexible is important, too. 
but we also have to make sure that they're being accountable. So as parents, it's going to be key. And that's something that we're good at as parents, hopefully, you know, it's just holding our kids accountable. And so we we don't have to be the natural teachers to make sure that we're staying involved. We're making sure that they're not rushing through their lesson. They actually understand like what they're reading and what they're doing. So I think that those are the key things that are really important because you have a curriculum that is guiding. Now, as a parent, you just have to make sure that your kids are engaged with the curriculum. And, I mean, the key thing is engagement. I mean, Beverly's mm-hmm. going to be able to tell a, a lot more if her kids are engaged because she's with them face-to-face versus if they're on the computer. That engagement is hard to rate um, through a virtual platform. Mm-hmm. So really being able to ask, I mean, like you said, who knows your kid better than you do? Are your kids engaged with the curriculum? Are they really taken away? And if they're not, then that may be a time to definitely have a conversation with the school, to reach out to your teachers and see if there's anything else that you can do because engagement is going to be key. Um, this is their learning environment, at least for nine weeks for New Hanover County and for Pender County. Um, for those parents that chose, it's going to be for a whole um, whole semester, um, which is a lot different. And so um, depending on what you've decided and if you're in a face-to-face rotation, there's still going to be accountability that has to happen for your key, uh, for your kids. And so I would say you don't have to be a natural teacher, but you just have to be there and engaged in this process with your kids and making sure that they're engaged. Now, obviously, that's going to be a little different for from a homeschool standpoint. Right. So, um, so what insight would you have to that question? Well, I think that was all great information. And what, one of the things that you said kind of triggered something to me that I'm going to throw out there just because I think it needs to be said because I don't know if we all think about it. Um, If we're doing school in a different way and we're at home more often, um, it's very tempting to kind of not have a schedule, which we've already addressed. But also, if you want your kids to be engaged, we can't expect them to stay up till 3 in the morning and then get up and have school and be engaged. Now, I don't want to step on toes, but I'm just saying we've got to be careful to not feel like it's still summer and we're kind of just doing whatever, and then we try to do school, but everybody's half asleep. And, you know, I mean, we, we struggle with that on occasion on Sunday just because we try to be a little bit, well, that's really me, trying to be a little more lax on the weekends, let them stay up a little later. But then if they're kind of blobs on the couch and we're not really engaged in church, I'm like, hmm, maybe we overdid it. So I don't want school to be the same way that we're kind of floating around without much of a structure. So I'm just saying keep that in mind because if we want them to be engaged, if they're tired or whatever, that's not going to help. I think that's um, a great tip. The The natural teacher thing, I, I totally get that. I mean, I love to teach so that to me, I don't really even think about that. But if you're not, that's not your mindset. I, I hate, hate to keep saying the same thing, but maybe we need to hear it again. Is You know your kids the best. So even if you're not a teacher, I guarantee you you're a teacher with your kids. You might not think of it that way but you're modeling things for them. You're talking to them in a way that they'll understand you are teaching. So you may not think that you are. Um, if there's a subject, like we've already joked about, math is not my strong suit either. If you're um, a more traditional homeschool person, find a curriculum that is very supportive of that. We love Math UC. That's the math curriculum that I've used. Um, there's a video of Mr. Demi, who's the one who made Math UC. He teaches each lesson. I'm not a math teacher, okay? So I have them watch Mr. Demi. Now, I won't name names, but some people will pause him doing weird expressions and think that's comical. And I'm like, don't do that to your teacher. So you do have to watch out for that. Holly just goes, that was Yeah, that that was was her. I wasn't going to throw her under the bus. But it wasn't just her. Uh, I I don't mind at all. But but anyway, 
Um, but that's very helpful to me because he's a mathematician. He explains it in a much better way than I would. And it's okay if there's a subject that you're not as strong or confident on. Find a curriculum that can teach that in a way that helps you kind of say, Mr. Demi's got this. I'll help you afterward, but let's listen to how he explains it, you know? And it's the same thing with if um, there's a certain subject that maybe you're not as confident in. Find a curriculum that supports what you want taught and then read that with them. That's one of my favorite parts of homeschooling is sitting down and reading with each child. We do some reading together, just the two of us. And that's usually when somebody else is, you know, I've redirected them somewhere else. But I love that because my kids are not normally picking to read, but they will. They act like they don't, but they are at least somewhat enjoying when we read together because I'm focused on them. And I love to read, so I try to infuse that into what we read. So, I mean, even if you're not a natural teacher, you probably have little tricks like that that you can encourage them in their education in a different way. You know? um, we are nearing the end of our time. And so for everyone watching, if you have questions, um, now would, would definitely be the time to ask um, because we are going to be wrapping very soon. Remember that we can continue these conversations on the Facebook group. So I encourage all of you parents, and even if you're not a, a parent right now who's in, the, in, in this, but maybe you're someone who has, um, you know, who just has some in, insight, uh, please don't, don't not join this Facebook group for that. Please jump in and, and help um, uh, answer some of the questions, help give some um, give some encouragement and give some insight. Um, and I want to exp- give a special shout out to Anita Benton, um, who has been very active in the comments, um, helping put some links to some of the things you guys have been saying. And she just posted a link to, to Matthew C, oh, um, posted a link to the homeschool uh, information that you mentioned in the beginning. Uh, and so Anita, thank you, um, as always, for just uh, your, your help um, in all of this. So um, I just uh, want to ask uh, Asia, being uh, administrator and um, you know, uh, obviously d- dealing a lot with, with teachers, we asked this question two weeks ago, but I'd like to pose this question to you because uh, anybody that knows you also knows that you have a heart for outreach, and that is just something that God has and made a, a part of your DNA, and it's, and it's very evident when anyone um, comes in contact with you that that's just something that you, you deeply, deeply connect with. Um, what can what can we do as a church and as a community right now to support our teachers? I, I know that there is, you know, social distancing guidelines, and so it's not like we could just pop into the school and be like, hey, here's, you know, whatever. What can we do that would just show our love and our support as a church and a community to them? I would say um, start with... Um building some relationships within the school. And once you have that contact, I think one of the things that teachers always um, want to hear is like that they're valued and appreciated. Um, please know that they're working countless hours um, all the time. They're working and they're so flexible. Um, just, you know, finding out about like what things are going to look like. They still don't even know what the necessarily what the year is going to look like for them. Like we know that what we're doing, what plan, but how that's going to be done and how is that going to look. And they're just constantly planning and preparing. And I think just feeling appreciated and like, um, you know, not just waiting to teach your appreciation, but just like and some of that initial just really just, you know, even if it's just a little bag, you know, teachers get excited about little things like, you know, you can get like a marker, you can get like some popcorn, you know, some chocolate because we all need some chocolate sometimes. And my 
my thing is Diet Mountain Dew, just in case anyone wanted to know. Like, I always need <laughs> Diet Mountain Dew. Like, I, I just need that. So um, that's the ongoing joke everyone knows. I really do need it, though. But, I mean, really just the little things. It really doesn't have to be anything so grand, whether it, if it was just a little baggy or just, just something to say I thank you, or even the notes. I think one of the biggest things um, that we've done before in the schools is have students write, like, a thank you note to a teacher that they just appreciate. And, you know, like that just means the world. Like whenever I get a note, like if you walk in my office, there are notes hanging from different people that have written to me. And that means the world to me because you don't always feel valued. You don't always feel appreciated. I've been working like all weekend. I'll go back home and start working again, like working on stuff. And so you don't always feel that. And so for those teachers that are putting in so many extra hours, they have their own families, um, their own kids and just being flexible. And we do it because we love kids. We do it because this is our calling. This is what God called us to do. And I mean, you can just tell, like, I just light up all about this. Like, um, the world's a stage when you start talking about, like, educating and helping those kids. And I think it's just really important that they know that they're supported. Um, and during this time, that there are going to be kids, and I, I know we don't think about this or really talk about this as much, there are going to be kids that are going to be in environments that may not be the best for them as well. And do you know that those teachers are going out and checking on them and taking things to them, making sure that they have food, making sure that they have resources? So sometimes it's like, you know, depending on what school or what's going on, you know, helping support getting those resources out to um, the kids. And that way teachers are not having to pay for it out their pockets because we will, mm-hmm. we will do that absolutely. Absolutely. So I think anything like that, really just finding out like what's going on, because I know with food and nutrition, I know that they're going to be continuing um, meals until September the 30th where they can get extra meals. But I don't know what's going to happen after that. Um, So I think that as teachers, we want to make sure that our kids are taken care of and we want to feel appreciated. So I say with them just make if there's anything just like little goodie bags or you know like I said the notes really just go a long way Mm -hmm. because nothing really validates you as much as like the words do like they come from the heart to just let them know because I mean if you read on Facebook and I try not to read on Facebook but um, like all the comments and everything else there's just you know people are just really pouring so I would say supporting the causes that way as well and find out if there's a need at the school so they can be able to help support and so teachers don't have to help support um, those students this year and they can save some of that that money and use that resource for something else i think any of those would be really good ideas um to help out um is, is there any uh ministry or organization or even school that you know of let's say you know it's not it's not super important for new hanover right now with with going with plan c for now but pender is still going with plan b and um so obviously they're gonna have kids in the classroom um, they're going to use a lot of cleaning products, a lot of cleaning products. And we know that um, teachers, because of the level of care that they have for their students, if they run out, I mean, that's so much of what a teacher does can sometimes come out of a teacher's own pocket. And, um, you know, is there, let's say, specifically cleaning supplies? Is there anywhere that if a parent or anyone in our community wanted to be able to donate um, specifically to Pender County Schools with this, is there any way that they could do that with cleaning supplies or, or anything like that, a, a, a clear way for them to drop some of that stuff off? Yes, they can contact me directly. I actually um, do all the outreach um, in Pender County um so if they want to contact me, I can make sure that it gets to um, the right location and to the right people, um, just like with Backpack Buddies for Pender County. Um, so we have all of that's still going to be continuing for our families that are going to be in those rotations and some that are going to be home. Um, we're reevaluating those things. So if you want to contact me directly, um, 
and I guess I can post my email in here later um, and reach out, then I'll be more than happy to take that and redistribute that to the schools and make sure that they get it uh, for Penda County. And if you want to leave your name too, I'll also add your name to the um, donation that you've made a donation as well. Is there a list of supplies? Like I wouldn't even know what you would need. Is that is there a list of what you would need somewhere? If, if you have it, maybe we could post that in the Facebook group, and that would be a good way for them to even contact you so they wouldn't have to search for your email or anything. Okay. They could just go to the Facebook group and say, hey, you know, I have some supplies. Where could I, what could I do? Um, but, yeah, do you have a list of, of anything like that? Yes, absolutely. I can um, post that into the chat. Cool. The... Perfect, perfect. Um, so, um, like I said, we are nearing the end of our time, but I do want to kind of have one final thing, uh, one final question. Um, and it's really kind of leading right out of the outreach conversation. Um, there are definitely parents in our community um, who are going to be doing the virtual option for this year. And maybe they don't have devices, um, which I know the school is going to be offering you know, some devices to parents, but maybe they also don't have an internet connection. Um, you could also have parents who they are, um, working, maybe both the mom and the dad are working, maybe they're a single parent family or something like that. Um, and parents are wondering and scrambling, what am I going to do? Um, you know, during the day, I can't leave my child home alone. Maybe they're too young. Um, and so what resources are out there that either of you know of that would be some, something for parents, you know, um, to be able to kind of handle those situations? Well, as far as um, the resources, I'm sorry, because I know that we were talking about, like, for, I don't really know of any of the resources right now for um, child care for um, students, so I know that you... Well, that's, oh, is this a dojo, Tom? Yeah, that, oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Go ahead. I mean, no. Oh, okay. Well, I th- when I was saying earlier that I work part-time, I work at Cape Fear Ishinru After School in Karate. And so we've been um, open most of this time, which I'm very thankful because we had a lot of parents who really needed us to be open. Um, We are going to be open full-time, 7.30 to 6, during school, once school starts on the 17th. Um, And we're going to offer assistance to help with school in the mornings because there are quite a few of our parents that still both, like you said, both working parents. They don't really know what to do or how to handle what's happening. And so if you're interested, I think the link is going to be provided somewhere. Uh, If you want to look up into that, um, Becky and Byron and Brent Holland are the owners of that. And they are basically trying to do whatever you might need as a parent. So if you just need afternoons, we're available. If you need all day because you're at work, we're available. So all the pricing and all the information is on our website. And we'd love to help you. I love working there. It really is a ministry for me, because I really do feel like we really try to love on our kids and our families. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and if anybody watching, um, or even if you're listening to this after the fact, um, if you know of some resources for some of these parents, if you know of some ministries, organizations, uh, anything kind of like uh, what you're describing with the dojo, uh, I encourage you just to head to the Facebook group um, and and post some of those resources there, because um, some parents might even be afraid to post you know, the question, um, right. but just providing those things for them, I think would be great. And, you know, we, 
you know, all of us, we don't, we don't have all the answers, but collectively we can really help a lot of people. So I think, like I said, if you're watching, have any of those resources, um, you know, maybe it's somebody who's saying, Hey, I, I, I watch kids and I have a few spots open, you know, maybe yeah. that would be a, a, a great thing or, um, you know, maybe some ministries we just don't know about. So, uh, please remember to join that Facebook group and, um, and just kind of be a part of the conversation. Um, parent resources for school reopening. You type that into Facebook, um, it'll pop right up or in the comment section, we have a link to it. Um, so I, that is all that I have for today. Do you guys have anything else that you'd like to share before we pray and go ahead and close down for the day? The only thing I'd like to say is if anybody has questions that they don't want to post necessarily, I don't mind talking to anybody. If they want to message me on Facebook, I would be glad to, you know, to speak with them because sometimes it's something you don't even know what to ask really. But if you're just kind of feeling like you need some support, I'll cheerlead for you. Come on. So. You definitely have the gift of encouragement. That is, that is uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Aja, do you have anything else to add to him before we close? Um, absolutely. I just want to say um, thanks for having me on today. I really enjoy this. Thank you for being on today. <laughs> and I also want to say that please feel free, just like Beverly, to contact me. Um, I, I really do not mind talking to anyone about anything. Um, so I'm definitely willing to help as much as I can um, and, and put you in line with some resources. Um, and I would also say, parents, stay encouraged that we will get through this. We're stronger together, um, and we got this, and, you know, it's going to be okay. There has been a lot of love for you guys in the comments. I will say so many people have said thank you both for your for your wisdom, for sharing this information. This is not a... Um, you know, this can be a scary thing to walk into this room and to have the cameras and the microphones and all that. But um, you guys, uh, you know, I, I'm just so thankful that you decided to do this. And, I, and we, we chose the two of you specifically because you obviously have a heart for reaching out and answering these questions and being there for parents. In our first um, podcast, you both were in the comments already um, just answering questions. And that's where it kind of sparked this idea of, you know, man, this would this would be great to just continue the conversation this way. So thank you both very much for being here. Um, I'm going to pray. Um, and then we're, we are going to go ahead and be closed for the day. I do want to say, remember, um, if, if, um, you guys know some parents who would really benefit from hearing this conversation, um, you can find this video once we are over on our Facebook page or because this is the Northside podcast. If you go to Spotify or Apple podcast, search for the Northside podcast, um, you can find it and you can subscribe and um, each week as we upload our episodes, you'll get uh, notified that they are available and they're very easy to share from those platforms. So I just want to shout that out. All right. Well, guys, let's pray and then we will be done for today. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to, um, to just have connections like this with our church community. Uh, such an incredible resource of, of people who have a heart to serve, a heart to inform, and a heart to help. And God, I'm thankful to know people like Miss Beverly and Miss Asia who would be willing to put themselves out there to help other people. Um, it's, a, it's a call of a Christian to love you, but to also love people. And God, that is so evident in our conversation tonight for these two, that they are ready and willing to do whatever it takes to help out and to give information and to answer questions. God, I pray uh, that people would take them up on their offer, that parents would not feel alone in making these decisions, that parents would not feel like they are completely by themselves and have no help, uh, that they would realize that this is a church community ready 
to be there for each other. And so, God, I pray that um, parents would just take that step, that brave step to just reach out and ask if they need it. God, I pray for this upcoming school year. I pray for every single teacher and every single parent who's going to be educating all of these children in our community um, through all of the changes, through all of the challenges with the pandemic. Um, there's going to be so many things that um, that we'll have to overcome. But God, I'm thankful that together and with the encouragement that we give each other and the information we give each other that we are going to be able to get through this and not only get through it, but it's going to be a successful year. And God, I pray for your blessing over this year for these teachers, for these students, for these parents, that you'd give them a sense of peace, give them a confidence to accomplish the tasks. And God, I pray for... Um, these two ladies specifically, uh, as they begin to answer questions and they begin to um, continue to be a resource that you would give them confidence, give them wisdom, uh, give them uh, opportunity. God, thank you for our time together tonight. And I pray for our pastor as uh, he heads in for these surgeries soon, uh, that you would keep him safe and guide the hands of the people who are going to be operating and get him back here very quickly. God, we love you. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Northside Podcast. We'll see you Sunday, 4 o'clock next week.